Hello and welcome to Animalia, the podcast all about animals and the weird and interesting things they do. I'm Annie. I'm Farley. And I'm David. And today we have with us a special guest. Hi, I'm Kaya. So Kaya is our friend from uni and she's doing her master's on a bird called the willy wagtail. Do you want to describe willy wagtail? They're this small, adorable little uh, wagtail. I mean, it kind of says it in the name. As they land, they wag their tail. If you can find a picture or a video online, it's absolutely the most adorable thing to watch. Um, and they're really fun birds to work with, actually. They also look really angry, like they have those angry yeah. eyebrows. Yeah, and actually these eyebrows, they can actually flare up and make them even more bold. And they just look like the most angry little things when they're scolding you as you get close to their nest. Yeah, their noise is very scolding. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, like very exactly. loud. It's like, don't you do that. Yeah. <laughs> so we had the idea for the topic for this podcast from a conference that Kyra and I went to earlier in the year. So there was a speaker there, um, Robert Poulin, who specialises in parasites. And it was the most, probably the most terrifying seminar I think I've ever been to. Yeah, and also fascinating, like weird, you're just sat in your chair staring at him in weird fascination. Like, what did you just say <laughs> this thing does to that? What? And yeah. it was like first thing in the morning and just watching these worms burst out of insects. And it was, yeah. But the thing of nightmares. Yeah. So we thought we would have a little fun episode here, theme being my favourite parasite. Yeah, you know, <laughs> give us an excuse to search these things and feel a little bit more terrified. Exactly. Kind of wish I wasn't roped into this. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. Yeah. yeah. When you started reading about the human parasites, you're like, no, no, no. Back to animals. <laughs> Move away from that. <laughs> yep. So I think we're going to do this as a kind of... Game style? Yeah, kind of a, call it a draft. We're going to go around in a circle and we're just going to say what we think is a ridiculous or extreme parasite. And then at the end, if we find one to be the best, they are declared the winner. Because in my opinion, everything should be a game and this should be a game as well. <laughs> so there will be a winner and there'll be three losers. <laughs> I like how you feel the need to emphasize that there will be losers. Yeah, well I may be the loser, but <laughs> there's going to... But there will be some. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, do you want to start? Yeah, sure. So did some searching and this one struck me as being kind of horrifying. I mean, all parasites are pretty horrifying to me, but this one, it's aquatic, it's in the ocean. It is the ton-eating louse. Um, there's a few nods around the room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a general consensus. We all have that one because it's ridiculous. Yeah, So everyone, all three of you? I didn't have it on my list, actually, okay. but yeah. Farley, you did? Oh, yeah. Okay. The fact that it doesn't just enter the fish, it cuts off the blood supply to the tongue of the fish and takes over as being the tongue. It then become it becomes the tongue. <laughs> um, <laughs> and if you look at there's photos of this, you can see it's just an ordinary fish and you look in its open mouth and it's just a small face poking out of this fish's mouth. It's like very, like, you know, alien, like the movie Aliens. Mm. I think the first time I saw this, it's like years ago I saw a picture of this and it was actually made me so sick to my stomach. Mm. And when you read about it too, it takes, it starts feeding off the tongue until the tongue dies. So it shrivels up and then it attaches itself to the nub where the tongue existed. And then it just becomes the tongue mm. and feeds off of the rest of the mouth. Yeah. It's so <laughs> horrific. It's so weird. And I think the fish actually can continue living yeah. with it oh, on yeah. the tongue. Yeah. yeah and they're do, just yeah. like, 
you know because you know they don't have a tongue anymore (laughs) so for listeners if you don't know what this looks like it's actually so it's a little parasitic isopod so isopods look like wood lice Um, if you don't know what a wood lice is um, here are some common words (laughs) wood lice roly polies slaters pill bugs armadillo bug Butchy boy, which is a Melbourne-based word, um, and I think <laughs> my I think my favorite is monkey peas. What? what? Yeah. I kind of like that actually the best. Yeah. 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 Little, little monkey peas. Yeah, yeah, you can kind of imagine just like a monkey grabbing it and yeah in the mouth. I like that. Yeah. But like a fish version is the isopod. Yeah, that's a gross. tongue. That's a yeah. good one. That's a good starting place. Yeah, mm. I think so. Annie, I think you're up next. Am I up next? Yeah. Okay. So my first parasite that I'm bringing to the table is a nematode that causes an ant's butt to turn red and then the ant hangs around berries until it gets eaten by a bird. (laughs) That was that was one of mine. (laughs) Wait, describe more? So the nematode gets into the ant's abdomen and so the eggs are kind of this orangish colour and then it makes their their butt. Um, abdom- their butt, yeah, it makes their butt kind of thinner as well, they think, but it's a bit unclear how this actually works. But they're usually black ants. But this nematode, the eggs in it, when it hits the light, it makes it look bright red. And they live in these tropical jungles where there's a lot of red berries around. And so these ants, they go out to forage and they also, the, the nematode also makes their, um, them stick their butts up in the air more so it's like even more obvious and so they're just marching around and they get really slow as well actually so they get kind of sluggish so they're just hanging around with the berries looking like a berry (laughs) so so just so the purpose of this i should probably mention too is that from what the scientists understand it seems to be that the nematodes one of their life stages is to get into the bird and so the bird will then poop out their eggs somewhere else. And so that allows them to spread themselves out between different ant colonies. That's awful. Yeah. So you get this, first you get this disgusting, like I think of like a red baboon butt that sticks up in the air and then they bring you out in the open, slow you down, be like, I'm, I'm here to eat. I'm here to eat. And, yeah. I am now a fruit. I'm fruit. Yeah. Uh. Eat me. Nom, nom, nom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so the ants actually eat bird feces, so they think that's probably where they pick up these parasites from. So um, they yeah. carry them back okay. to their nests and then they feed it to the larvae. God, and then the larvae get infected and then they have their... It's a vicious cycle. It's kind of a beautiful cycle, actually. I kind of like it. <laughs> it's adaptive, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of perfect. Yeah. So okay. Kaya, you're up. Moving on. Okay, my one is similar to that because it's a virus that infects a caterpillar and it ch- not only ch- does it change the feeding behavior, but it also changes the environment in which it selects. So as soon as this caterpillar gets this virus, which is from the family bug, um, you know what? I'm not even going to try and say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. As soon as the caterpillar gets the virus, the caterpillar just eats constantly. And when the virus is ready to just be released, it changes the behavior of the caterpillar. So it climbs higher up in the canopy and... Um, it actually stimulates the caterpillar cells to release this enzyme that dissolves the caterpillar. So it essentially, yeah, yeah, it just dissolves into a goo. Yeah, and so the caterpillar tissue is just like dropping down into the canopy with this virus, ready to infect another caterpillar. Wow. God, I hate this topic. It's just so disgusting. Yeah. 
Why do we choose this? Yeah, whose idea was this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the weird and the wonderful. <laughs> All right. All right. To go off of that disgusting thing to mm. my disgusting thing, <laughs> I went with the Saculina. That was one of the mine as well. Crab Castrator. It is nicknamed online. Yeah. So that uh, nasty. It's a type of barnacle, I believe. Correct. Yeah. Although it does not really look like a barnacle, but it technically is a type of barnacle. And yep. this, in its larval stage, will seek out crabs, and they do this using a sensory, specialized sensory organ. Once they find the crab, they settle on the crab in a vulnerable area, usually around hairs. And what they do is they inject it with a microscopic blob that they call the vermigen or vermigen. And this is inserted into the crab's bloodstream. And from there, all hell breaks loose. (laughs) Because what forms is the fully mature body of the saculina that looks more like a root system than anything else. And it takes over and spreads throughout the entire crab body. And it has only one exposed area, and that exposed area is the from the abdomen of usually female crabs. And that produces the, it's a female organ, so it produces the eggs of the barnacle. And the crab, completely unknowing, then defends that organ as if it actually is protecting its own eggs. Yeah. So you have this, this barnacle that creates its own protective egg pouch that forces it just it's disgusting yeah i hate it all yeah Yeah. and destroys the crab's gonads destroys them yeah Yeah. and i actually i think i read that male crabs they're although they don't have the female organs they will actually start to look a little bit more female and And they'll behave like a female as well so i couldn't tell if that was true or not so i didn't add that no it's true influences it apparently provides more what uh, estrogen and actually it actually changes the male slightly physically yeah it changes their hormones and so it basically feminizes them and it's weird too because apparently there's been experiments where they've tried removing the parasite and see what happens then and the males seem to undergo like a complete sex change like they develop ovaries ovary tissue instead so it's like it completely shifts and so it means that they behave like a female as well they'll perform female mating dances and stuff like that yeah they're saying like they literally even like clean out they clean and protect the eggs not only do they protect them but they'll actually literally clean them out and keep them nice and clean for the barnacle which is yeah they'll do the full process where they act as if they're their own so they clean them all out and then it was what I thought was very disturbing as well was it also changes behavior. So they're talking about this one thing is mud crabs in the east coast of the United States, and that actually mud crabs when they see oyster, oh, sorry, um, mussel fields just go crazy and eat all of them. These ones apparently mussels apparently have something good for the uh, barnacle, so they'll eat one and then move along. So they actually change the behaviors and dietary mm-hmm. oh. diets of these crabs, which just makes it even more messed up. It's yeah. like ugh. I just find the particularly the bit where they're caring for the babies of the parasite like just looking after them until they're big enough to go out and infect (laughs) other crabs like that's just messed up it's messed up it's really gross (laughs) all right round two (laughs) (laughs) so my second one is the horse hair worm no one has that no one else has (laughs) that The bad thing is now I have to try and explain that all (laughs) So you're listening. Okay, so they go after things like grasshoppers, crickets, cockroaches, and some beetles. Just looking at the images of them, they're very thin-looking worm, like spaghetti sort of style, I guess you could say. Never compare parasites to food. Never a good idea. Yeah, good point, good point. point. (laughs) Sounds delicious, yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm. And yeah, I had come across a picture of just 
it bursting out of, say, of a grasshopper and just the size of the parasite compared to... Oh, I've seen videos of this. Yeah. yeah. I think, just, I think yeah. now that you've mentioned it bursting out of a cricket, I think that was actually yeah, mentioned. They go it. after grasshoppers, crickets. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just the size of the, the worm coming out of this tiny oh, insect. Ugh. And apparently some types can get to the, the, the brain of the host and cause them to actually drown themselves in water, which is pretty what? bad. Yeah, causes. Yeah. How does that even work? <laughs> I don't understand how some of these things work. Like that makes no sense to me. Yeah, like how do they control the brain? So like, yeah. that's exactly it. But, I don't. But yeah. slowing down red butt kind of makes sense to me. You have a parasite in you, you should be a little slower, and you have a red butt. You're gonna be mistaken for berry. That kind of makes sense. This being like, no, you're gonna want water. Maybe dry them drinking. out or something. But like, yeah. Apparently, part of this the behavior changing one is um, based on um, influencing the immune system. I read that very briefly. I don't know how that influences whether or not you want water. Yeah. Um, but apparently it's easier to influence the immune system and then your immune system changes your behavior versus you changing, uh, the parasite changing the behavior directly. So it could just be a craving. Maybe they're changing a craving. Yeah. They can yeah. also affect the nervous system as well, some parasites yeah, yeah, as yeah. well too. So. Um, well, as far as this goes, don't look at pictures. They're really gross. I'm scanning. Yeah. I'm scrolling through them right now on my see? phone. They're just nasty. I mean, you said not, don't look, but you're looking and I want to see. Well, just like a lot of worms just popping out of things. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. exactly the one from the, the And just like that kind of thing too. Yeah. Just a cricket. Yeah, it's just, it's a lot of that. Just mm. crickets being. If you search it up, exploding. it does not look like it. The worm should fit in there. There's oh, gifs yeah, of it too. It just keeps going. It just oh. keeps going. It's yeah, it's like it's like a clown car pretty much, but uh, <laughs> inside of a cricket. Yeah. Well, that uh, analogy got extra yeah. terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's good. Yeah. Amy, round two. Ah, so it's me. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry, I'm surprised every time it's me. I appreciate <laughs> <laughs> Oh, me again. <laughs> okay. I mean, look, these are all terrifying. I'm trying to decide which is, like, do I want to go less terrifying or more terrifying? I'm just going to... Okay, this is a, an eye fluke that infects fish. And so it gets into the fish's eyes and... I it, hate eye stuff. <laughs> I don't and, feel it. As yeah. soon as somebody says it, it's like, oh, no. Yeah, and it means they can't see properly anymore because it... Yeah, it gets all in their vision. But the thing that is cool, I think, about this particular fluke is that, so it has many different hosts. So it goes from hatching in the water and then finding freshwater snails. And then from the snails, it gets released into the water again and it gets eaten by a fish or it gets into a fish and then the fish gets eaten by a bird. So the transition from the bird from the fish to the bird, I think is the most interesting because, so these larvae only want to reach a bird when they're ready. They don't want to get there too early. They want to be there when they're mature and ready for all that. So in the immature fish, sorry, in the, when, <laughs> sorry, in my head, I was like, yeah, get ready for all that sex. <laughs> so that's why I was giggling. I mean, that, that's, that's pretty much what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, get it so, on. <laughs> so when the larvae are immature, they actually protect the fish from predators. So they affect their behaviour in a way that means they're less likely to get eaten by a bird. So it makes them less active, so they're less exposed, and researchers have found they're harder to catch with a net around that time. But when they are mature, 
They make the fish more active. They make the fish more likely to hang out at the surface. And they make the fish stay frozen for longer when it sees a predator. So it's like a bird comes down and they're like, oh no. And then they just keep in that on oh no phase and take longer to swim away and makes them easier to catch. How does it, again, how? So it's like the deer so in the headlights. Questions. So it's the response. It's like nothing, nothing. Well, that's it. So they don't really understand because the original thinking is like, okay, it's doing this mostly by affecting their vision. So, you know, it makes sense that maybe... Yeah, they might hang out in shallower water or, yeah. they, you know, they might not see predators as much. But that freeze response where they stay frozen, that's, totally that, different. that's something else. And I yeah. don't, from what I understand, I don't think anyone really knows how that works yet. But it's, yeah, it's a thing. That's really cool. Mm. That would be the coolest one. That's the smartest mm. of all the parasites so far. Yeah, to like Multiple avoid state. predator until I'm ready. Yeah, and also be parasitic and then be parasitic again. Which I guess a lot of these are double. Yeah. I do like, but yeah, the three stages. I guess that is three though. Like yeah, snail, three snail fish bird. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. And okay, back again. Okay. Yeah. Kyle. Man, I don't think that trumps it. Mm, which one do I want to do? So technically this one only has two stages, but can also affect humans. So we'll go with this one. So we have this. Great. <laughs> 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 we... <laughs> It's called, well, it's not actually called mind control, but the title was mind control. Mind control toxoplasma. And so this is something that the intermediate host is a rodent and it actually slows down rats, for example. And instead of being, instead of avoiding the smell of cat urine, which is how mice and rats kind of navigate their world, apparently. It's a good idea. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah. um, they're not terrified of feline urine anymore and actually will hang out where cats are because cats are the definitive host. So the, pa the parasite wants to be eaten by the cat through the rodent. Such a weird way of living your life. <laughs> um, but actually humans can also get toxoplasmoded. It's called toxo. Toxo, yeah. yeah. Can also get toxo. Makes it sound like a fad. It's kind of fun, yeah. <laughs> um, it's cool. It's hip. Yeah, so humans can also get it. And in rodents, it slows the rats down as well as being more prone to following cat urine. Um, so it slows them down, which makes them easier to catch. But it can also slow down humans, apparently. Humans that also get it can also be two to three times more likely to end up in car accidents. Ooh. Apparently. Uh, I cannot fact check that for sure, you know. But just slower responses. Yeah, slower much. responses. Kind what? of similar to rodents. That's the whole, that's the, I mean, we have a carrier in this house because my cat is wandering around my house right now somewhere <laughs> just waiting to give us all to toxo. Mm. But that's so the one where, that's why, isn't that also too with the babies? That's why women who are pregnant should never handle cat feces. Isn't that correct? Probably. I think that's one of the reasons why. Yeah. Because I think it's really bad if your child gets it. And very, actually 82% of people in France have it. Like it happens more in developed countries than in developing countries. Because we have it's, pets. Yeah, it's yeah. super common. Yeah. yeah. Really? So chances are we might have it already. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, well, Does it make luckily, you? Annie's staying in my house for a couple of weeks. So if Annie, <laughs> if Annie uh, gets slower in the next month, I'll let you know if Oliver is a carrier or not. Yeah. <laughs> Does it make you like cats more? I feel like I've heard that's a thing. Oh, I don't know. Oh, Kaylin's for one. sure a carrier then. Actually, I would be too because I never liked cats until I had a cat. I'm a carrier. <laughs> I've got it. I've got, got it. it. It's not about Oliver being cute. It's purely about <laughs> it's, infected it's infected me. me. <laughs> it makes me like cats. There he is. He's right there. 
<laughs> so you like the smell of cat urine. <laughs> I love it, yeah. <laughs> I've heard that it can make humans more impulsive. Yeah, I've heard that too, yeah. I don't know how. I mean, like, that like that makes sense, actually, more fearless, because yeah. that's the same with the rats. More, yeah. yeah. Like leaving your life in San Francisco and moving to Melbourne to start a PhD that's fairly impulsive. It all comes together far away. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> yep. You definitely have this. Yeah. Diagnosis confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> all right, for my final one, uh, I'm not going to go with one of these that just go and attack your immune system behaviors and all these disgusting things. Why? They're lovely. I know. I just, I just can't. Instead, I'm going to do one that's close to home because I'm from Chicago and the Great Lakes are absolutely attacked and completely um, affected by these things. They are silver lamprey, which if you don't know what a lamprey is, a lamprey is a type of fish that is really unique because it has this really creepy, disgusting mouth that they call an oral disc that looks more like a, it's almost like a drill bit or like a series of circular teeth. And what they use these teeth what they use these jaws for is they attach themselves to the sides of fish, burrow through or tear, drill almost through the side of their body, and they feast off their body, which would be an extremely long amount of time. Um, they usually don't kill their hosts because most parasites don't want to kill their hosts, but they'll feed off them for a long time. And I think they're really disgusting because we're talking about all these microscopic or really tiny things. Lamprey are huge. Like we're talking like they could be the size, they attack on times trout and salmon, and they could be the almost the same size of them. So a lot of times in the Great Lakes, and it's been a huge problem is that the fishery industry is dying off because you'll have trout that have two or three of these things attached to it that are just swimming around. So it is an absolutely disgusting thing, and there's also myths of people getting attacked by them and all these different things. But if you never heard of a lamprey, I'd look it up because they're freaking disgusting. Is it kind of like a leech, but for fish? But it's like it's big, it's long. They, I mean, they can be small. A lot of times, just smaller ones, but yeah. they can get fairly big, about like two or three feet. Yeah. Um, oh, that's too long. It's too long. Yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they have. If you for see their, they just look. They call them vampire fish, pretty much. They look like they're just meant to. But that's what suck they do. Blood. Just suck you dry. Ugh. Just the thought of it too. Just I can just, just imagine like, like a, a gaping black hole with teeth around the edge. It's, it's like a it's like a vacuum, but instead of it being a vacuum, it's rows and rows and rows and rows of teeth. Because of any other gross runner-ups that you wanted to mention quickly? Oh quick, yeah, because we've gone all the way around. We've yeah. gone all the way around. Um, there's this bacteria that causes a sex change in quite a few insects, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would that'd be maybe the worst. Yeah, it's... Just like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm a man. <laughs> yeah, so it's similar to your uh, crab one where it's called a parasitic castration type of parasitism. Um, and they only feed on eggs or ovaries. So if this insect doesn't have eggs or ovaries, it causes hormone imbalance in the insect and the insect changes sex. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Annie? Uh, oh, I had a fungus that causes fruit flies to climb up somewhere high, glue themselves down, lift up their wings, and wait for the fungus spores to explode from its body. Awful. Okay. No. <laughs> I hate this. I hate this topic. <laughs> yeah. What a horrible... Oh, God. I hope none of these things happen to people at any point. Um, I had a plant one that actually has consequences for animals. So... A plant that all of us have heard about and is actually associated with Christmas and actually really good feelings is mistletoe. Um, but mistletoe is actually a parasite. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so two studies recently, I say recently, it's 2012 and 2014, um, 
one looking in Mexico, one looking in Australia, removed mistletoe from trees and they actually saw a decrease in the number of bird species. So they think that, so both papers were arguing that mistletoe is like a keystone species because it helps provide, I guess, habitat? Yeah, probably. Mm. Yeah, habitat or food, I've no idea. But yeah, they were beneficial somehow. That's kind of cool. Yeah, there's been ideas, I think, too, around like bringing mistletoe into suburban areas and urban areas as it's like as an increasing habitat um, kind of thing. But um, also, just all the kids will make out all the time. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Only at Christmas. Every tree is a makeout tree. Yeah. <laughs> I have to. It's mistletoe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's it. I think that's our end of our parasitic challenge. I'd say we can try to figure out a winner, but honestly, I don't really want to rehash and go through all these again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like picking at a scab. Yeah. You don't really want to do it. I think it. there's just some really gross ones. They're all fantastic. You should definitely look online for them. Do you have a most gross? Of all these? Mm. I mean, I think that the idea of you being controlled behaviorally just mm. freaks me out. Yeah. To a ridiculous extent. And then actually maybe the one you mentioned even quickly, the idea of a fungus driving you to go to the top of a tree and sticking there and then exploding out of you. It's awful. It's yeah. just awful. Yeah. You Stuff just sit like there and wait to die. Yeah. It's yeah. just, I don't like the behavioral stuff just makes no sense to me. And I feel bad for these little insects that are just, yeah, yeah. just controlled. Yeah. Cause like I could deal with, I could deal with a lamprey being on the side of my body. It's like, all right, <laughs> I got Jim is here. It's like, he's always here. He's going to drop off eventually. It's he, I'm a little more tired with him on me because he sucks a lot of energy, but in reality, it's like, yeah. I'm okay. Could you say the same thing about the tongue one, though? Oh, the tongue one's disgusting. Yeah, but he's just it's dim. Dim just there. Yeah, but the, yeah, <laughs> I, I only think it's like I can be able to speak. But yeah, if I had like a little guy living in my arm or something, eh, <laughs> I could deal with that. But the idea of it controlling everything yeah. about you, I just feel bad for insects. Mm. Mm, well, yeah. Do we want to wrap it up there? I think we wrap it up. All right. Well, thanks so much, Kaya. This has yeah. been, I don't know if fun's the right word. Is it fun? Was it fun? I had fun. I, I loved actually reading into I, this. I, I, every time I clicked on a new link, I was like, wait, there's more? <laughs> I find it fun initially, and then I find it, once you get more into it, it's a combination of, this is super interesting, but I'm genuinely kind of grossed out by this. Yeah, yeah there's a little bit of horror. Yes. Mm. Yeah. It's like a morbid curiosity a bit. That's yeah. it. Yeah, that's exactly it, what it, it is. It also really shows where science fiction and everything kind of in the movie world, how they can get Comes these ideas. From. You just mm. go to nature because it's yeah. freaking messed up. I enjoyed it. Be glad you're not an insect. Yes. Is the main takeaway, I this, think. Yeah. Well, thanks for, so much for listening. It was nice to be here. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Animalia Podcast is hosted by Annie Orsbrook and Farley Connolly, with occasional interjections by me, the sound engineer David Roker. Our logo is designed by Osvaldo Branklin-Yon, and all original music is by Sean Pratt.